right, start off. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the TZR Podcast, episode 30. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined by Callum Fraser-Sharp. Hootie hoo! Justin Chow. Uh, the hootie who fucked me up. I had something for this. <laughs> I was like, that's a long delay. <laughs> no, it's been a long time since I was on a podcast with Callum. Oh that my gosh. It's, it's good. Just, I feel, I feel home again. And let's not forget Frank Nozick, hailing from back. Canada. I'm back. You're not going to get rid of me. I'm here. I'm <laughs> Is it Nozick or Nozick? No sitch, actually. No, no sitch. sitch. Wow. So Skirbo, you've, you've allowed me. Bet, you, you've allowed me to mispronounce your name for like a month and a half, two months now. <laughs> I've been... Now that we're Facebook friends, Frank, <laughs> I get to see that your name is spelled weird with a weird, like, the ooh, accent? accented C. Yeah. I was looking at that the other day, and I was like, yeah. okay, give Nozick. me I could spell it with I Nozick. could spell it with the CH, but I hate how that looks. No, why would you do that? So it's Nozick. Ugly. That's like, I could spell my last name with a W, but it's not. It's <laughs> Chow, but you, it's spelled C-H-O-U. You might be or... saved in my phone as Justin Chow with a W. <laughs> I know you're not <laughs> well, dog food. fuck you, I, I know you're not How dog food. How long have we known each other? Freshman <laughs> year of college? It's been saved in there since I first are, met you in college. That's a decade. We've known each other for a decade. Yeah. In fairness, and you Chow. you have my name spelled incorrectly. Well, actually, no, I have your name spelled with a C. Is it not C? No, it is with a C, right? Skirbo? Yeah, it's with a C. Chow, you've been okay, spelling well, my name. Here? You've been spelling my name wrong since forever. You've also been forgetting half of Callum. Yeah, I'm like Callum, Callum. No, you've Cal- been putting like Frasier, Frasier, uh, uh, Niles. Uh, <laughs> the topic for this week's podcast are last names. It's how to pronounce correctly people's spell last names. Uh, all right, okay, I get it. Well, let's move on. Oh my gosh. So, guys, have you been playing video games this week? I've been playing all kinds of video games this week. Video games? Actually. Actually, I got a early demo, like an earlier, more full demo of that Star Major DPS game. Oh yeah, the SP. It uh, did you try it? Yeah, it's still wicked hard. It's much, much better playing it with a controller, though. Much better playing with a controller, and I've I played it for a good like hour and a half, and I did bump through like that act two, uh, act one, scene two, and then it's just the same scene over and over again. You're playing the same level, even if. Like, I thought I was progressing every single time, but I was like, oh, wait, yeah, no. no, I think that's just, like, a full-on demo. Yeah, I did find some bugs, though, and I sent them over to uh, Kazuo! But, um, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. yeah, I've been playing a lot of Odin Sphere le- le- Left Seer. Yo, my friend actually got pissed at me because I didn't play that game, and I was like, what the hell is this? Well, and she was like, it's my favorite PS2 game. The other, I was, I was... At, I was so angry to see that it was the other Justin that did the review, and I was like, "Ah, all right, well, now I'm just going to need that copy of the game after you uh, after you're finished with it." it. It's a digital thing, so not going to happen. Well, fuck. <laughs> it's really, really excellent, though, um, which I can say now because the uh, the review just dropped today. Everybody should totally check out my review, and we'll be talking about the review process a little bit more later on. But uh, yeah, Odin Sphere's dope. Like, I'm really, really glad that uh, that I had a chance to play it this time around because I totally missed it on PS2. Um, yeah. And it's total. It's one of those games where it's like, according to, like, um, sorry, you no, no, no. It's like one of those games where everyone was saying, just like, oh my gosh, it's so great. You haven't played Odin Sphere? Oh my gosh. So I felt like I really missed <laughs> out. I was having some serious FOMO about Odin Sphere <laughs> for a long time. FOMO, fear, fear of, of missing, missing out. out. Got it. Come Got on, Chow. Don't you know what the I immediately are thought, of, these days? thought of like Fubu, and I was like, no, that's not. For us, by us, and I was like, "That's not right. Mm-mm. That doesn't make sense." We talk about Scarba. No, nope. sorry. Uh, what about you guys, though? What, uh, Callum? What are you playing? You're still on that uh, division grind, eh? Uh, I have. Stepped, <laughs> I've stepped away from the division because 
the new update dropped filled with bugs and then they quickly went in to fill the holes all the bugs left and i feel like it's just a safe bet that if i wait a week after every update i'll just jump in with realized expectations of good stuff instead of crushed expectations that have to be fixed yeah so i i've left the division alone which are three i haven't been playing as much as i need to and I've been playing a lot of Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, oh my gosh. I can't stop. It's not even anything different. It's not any better. It doesn't look any better to me. See, there are certain things that make me happy that they didn't change anything. Because as long as Ica and Vise and it just the other Skies characters are in there... It I'm just happy. had to be a thing. Like, it's, it didn't have to be better. I just needed it to be on PS4. Not for any real <laughs> reason. I just... I'm just really happy. Yeah. I'm really happy it's a thing. Like, it, it's a completely... It's like nothing's changed. It's the exact same thing, plus all the DLC. It's Is it exactly beautiful? it's as beautiful as I remember it being. Not any more, not any less. There's no hiccups. It's not as it's definitely harder than I remember, but that's probably because I haven't played it in a really long time. Yeah. But everything's there exactly the way I remember it and it looks really happy. Edie is the best character in that game, uh, hands down. Uh and I did try to to start the game by playing the um, the Valkyria missions, Ooh. so that you can start with a completely like stilted shock trooper, yeah, with like a machine gun that never misses and has like ninety shots. Totally. And uh, no, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that because it's, it's really like- hard. If you remember how hard it was, you can't just play that from yeah. No, you from, can't like, just be like slate. cold and then yeah. <laughs> jumping into that. Like you think playing as a Valkyria would be awesome, and it is. But all your other squishy people <laughs> die super and fast. It is. Chow, you watched me play that game for a while, right? Back in college? Yeah, that was also during the time of <clears throat> when you introduced me to Demon Souls, of which Valkyria Chronicles <laughs> didn't stand a chance to Demon Souls, so I just never picked it up. I guess they I think did. they did. No, 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 you showed me Demon... It didn't. Demon Souls came out before, I'm pretty sure. No. But then you showed me Demon Souls way in advance, and I got a PS3 solely for the Demon Souls. Mm. You showed me Valkyria Chronicles, and then I thought, I remember Advance War. I like that game. I like Tactics Camped a lot. But, oh, Advance Wars. Uh, Please bring so that series I, back. Yeah. Advanced, what a great series, dude, right? Advance Wars 2 was like series. easily my most played GBA game, except for like maybe oh, Golden Sun. I'm just something about that and the mixture of like the music and like just these characters like marching in their spots every single time. You're like, dude, it was so I'm, simple with animated characters. Fantastic that just like it popped to life when you played it it was so much fun i just want to yeah, i just yeah, want to yeah. sneak this in there it's not really of any real importance i'm just really really hoping that the the fact that they bothered to even bring valkyria chronicles remastered west to like a very limited western audience means maybe they'll think about valkyria chronicles 2 and 3 I don't think they're going to turn those into console games. No, but I mean, like I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. On Vita or something like what that. is what there is are the, a lot okay, of so I've never there played. are still Vita games that happen concurrent with a PS4 release. Yeah. Mm. Well, Final Fantasy IV was released on Steam, and that was a port of the DS version, so anything could happen. Yeah, weird. Final Fantasy IV is also happen. a port on your phone. <laughs> I've heard oh, all yeah. the phone versions of those games are terrible. Not to mention, like, if you're... They're $15 a piece. That's yeah, holy saying. crap. Like, they're stupid. That's Even, insane. like, the P- the PlayStation Network version is, like, 7 or 8. Yeah, and it's like, if you're going to spend that much on it to basically eat, like, a good majority of your phone's memory, I'm assuming. Like, it's got to be a couple of gigs for, like, well, Final Fantasy 8 Maybe, I don't know. If you're, like, Three on or four. iPhone 4, but... I'm going to say, like, on my sweet, sweet Samsung Note 5. Oh, that's stylus. <laughs> It actually, like, all my emulators, they last for a long time. Oh, I'll nice. be, like, 
playing for a good amount of time, like on the airplane or in <clears throat> train stations, waiting for uh, waiting for the train, and I'll be like, oh, this is fine. I had yeah. fun with tactics on that shit. It's great. <laughs> See, I'm still trying to legitimize my Vita and be like, look, I'm still playing things on it. It's still fun. <laughs> but meanwhile, all, I, the, uh, all the things that I'm playing are just PS1 classics. Uh, I was gonna go into my handheld, uh, create like my current craze, but I'll go. I'll wait for that, Frank. <laughs> You yeah, talk, Frank, Frank, what, are you, what are you playing, man? I have been playing so much Overwatch since it came out. Oh yeah, dude! So much Overwatch. It's, it's so been bad. so fun. I'm still. You're I'm not still, unique. No, not dude, at all. I'll tell They're you not what, different. When I was no, thinking of podcast topics, I was like, "How can I make this not about Overwatch?" Because I just want to talk about Overwatch. Good try. No. Oh, it's so. Uh, wait. Is there is there a difference in experience that you've seen now as the players have actually gotten a little bit better? in overwatch is like the the strategy the metagame changed at all over the course of a week frankly or is it just really. the same thing since we played in the Meta, beginning well either i'm getting a lot no. worse or they're getting a lot better because i'm definitely not having as much fun as i did on day <laughs> probably one probably the former yeah, yeah. metagame's not any different but people are figuring out how to play each hero so the skill ceiling's sort of raising yeah i think bit, i think i th- I think the the coolest part for me in that game was essentially like learning your character but then learning your character in conjunction with all the other characters. So when yeah. you face off one v one or one v two, you know how to like handle that situation. Well, I but that's... I haven't bought. The... I, I did not purchase the game. Well, yet. I think that's one I... of the nicest parts about having it retail now. Whereas like when it when it was the beta, I was like very focused on playing like the characters that I liked because I just wanted to soak yeah. up every minute of it. Whereas now it's like I can experiment with some other characters to sort of learn matchups better. Like May is a perfect example. Like I hate. May. I hate fighting against May uh. with a passion. She's so annoying. Uh-huh. But it got to the point where I was losing to her so often that I was just like, all right, I just need to play Time as her. Time to learn. Yeah, I got a, I, I got a fighting game, this thing. You know what I mean? I got to play as that character. <laughs> yeah, no, that's out, exactly it. Figure uh-huh. out what they're capable of, and then I'll know how to counter it better. So I agree with you. Yeah. Agree I'm always really confused when I get beat out by someone playing as May. I'm like, why am I so squishy? Why is this happening? <laughs> I don't she's understand. not moving because she's freezing you. It's such oh. bullshit. And she gets free headshots because she oh, she does. That's such a crock. Yeah, it's... That, that's yeah, when I, I really started. <laughs> well, I love. That. That's when I really started to like appreciate the nuance of playing as Tracer because I'd see May and be like, Mm-mm, not today. Mm-mm. See, I no. feel like certain characters like Tracer, Tracer or any of the flying characters would be particularly difficult to play on. Uh, on console no it's good because really tracer, like you've got to be i mean anytime i'm playing Precise. tracer i'm like whipping my sights or like like there's no sensitivity oh, i'm definitely high enough that could make me i'm definitely playing at a disadvantage to pc players yeah. but it still feels good yeah like playing as tracer is intuitive and fun like five minutes into picking her up the first time yeah and then you see someone playing as may trying to freeze you and you're like mm, not today bitch <laughs> no. no 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 i yeah. wish i wish i was good with I see people rock Tracer and just like play really, really well with her. And then when I try her, I just fail completely. Oh, I feel bomb. awful about it afterwards. And I'm just like, what? See, the sticky bomb's like the hardest part for me because it's like, I will so epically miss throws with the bomb that it's just like, <laughs> oh, damn. That sweet, sweet sticky. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Especially anytime I see yeah. Roadhog, I'm like, I'm going to stick you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're so fat. You, you like miss. sticking Roadhog, do you? Play the game. Play the game with that sticky Roadhog. <laughs> hey, anybody who sticks Roadhog is taking play of the game. They're taking one for the team. Oh, yes. oh yeah. So on the side of Overwatch... Oh, wait, are we still talking about Overwatch? If, you, if you want to, go oh. for it. How much time do you no, have? No, 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 please. please. Uh, I was going right. to get into some news, if you guys want to get into some news. Mm-hmm. I, sure. I just want to say really quickly, 
for those who ever wanted to play and have ever played Bravely Default. I Ooh, yes. I still really want I'm going to write a review for Bravely Second, but for my Bravely Default, like I was going to write a review, but at the time I was done with Bravely Default because I really did want to finish that game prior to writing a review. I was 127 hours in, and it was old news. Plus, I think I played it like a year was after. Was that all? Regardless. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, I just fucking love the classes, man. So let me just give you a quick, very like short one-minute synopsis. The game is not good. Bravely <laughs> oh, <laughs> Second I, is not good. I love Bravely Second so far because of the classes and the fighting, and I love the like the the Braves versus the defaulting like system. But it's just so many eye rolls and just like what is going on the story is just why would you trust this character you just met her why is she just a friend of yours now you're going through all this betrayal and suddenly you're okay with just letting there's just all this like uh like all that immersion the storytelling in bravely default was so fucking good so and like even though is that a like it love it no this is definitely gonna be a, this is this is i'll wait I'm not going to tell uh, you yet because right, okay, I'm teetering okay. on between leave it and love it, even though it's a bravely like it's a bravely well, default, bravely second game. It's a shame that that uh, it's not resonating with you because I know how much you loved love. Bravely second default. was fantastic. I tell people who don't like video games the story of bravely default in very like strict detail, and it's fantastic. they're like, "Wow, that's fucking that's fucking cool." And I was like, "I know." So and now I'm playing this game, and I'm just like, "What happened to that magic?" So it's hands just down. Dull. Bravely Default superior game. Bravely Default fucking amazing game in comparison to this, dude. I can't. Oh, I'm so uh, angry at it so far. I've played probably a good 17 hours, and like I've been sitting down with it pretty hard for the past like three, four days, and I just haven't been able to. Like, I want to love it. I just I'm I gonna, haven't. I'm gonna go ahead and say you uh, should just put Bravely Second down and pick Persona Four back up because yeah. that is I've, that is clearly yeah that's true handheld RPG. Like, let's be serious. I do quite love bravely i'm probably gonna just have to restart bravely i mean not bravely uh persona 4 just because i decided to play it on hard because i'm an idiot and i got to a fight where i'm just like all right well it looks like i'm gonna have to grind for the next five hours in order to beat see so when I'm it comes gonna... to like an rpg i'm always like a normal mode kind of person because it's like story yeah story yeah, story is like, what you're after if, yeah if i'm investing like 60 70 80 hours into a game like i don't want it to feel like a slog 90 percent of the time you know what i mean like, like if final yeah. fantasy 9 had a hard I... no yeah, like no. no I think it depends not. on the combat system. Ultimately, if you're playing something True. like Wasteland Two, which well, is really like XCOM-ish tactical oh. combat, something like that would be way more satisfying to play on a harder difficulty than like a JRPG that's just so <laughs> like grind. a JRPG I, I that's wish... it's oh, it's very man. much math based. Frank, yeah, and yeah. that's the problem. Frank, I wish I could agree with you right now, but I am playing XCOM Two on normal, and I am quick saving like <laughs> a son of a bitch. I do but not... XCOM, XCOM's <laughs> not a role playing game though. Uh, XCOM's not a role-playing game. It's, it's an art. It's combat a, focused. No, I, so it's gonna a, have I, I a, thought it had a rogue-lite-ish elements in there. These are very similar games, Wasteland and, and XCOM. They're, like, very much in the same ballpark. Yeah. It's a lot like if you took combat the wise, yeah. tactician character out of Fire Emblem. Like, you are a character. You're just not an active participant. Actually, the reason why I like... The reason why I liked... Uh, what should we call it? Advanced Wars was oh, because so of that, like, counting boxes and being like, okay, so you're definitely, Mr. CPU, going to move in this spot. 
So I'm going to set up my artillery to just be in that range for you to just jump in that and fucking trap you. Uh, like that was how that good was, was it that to was just churn out artillery at all times? Just like, oh I don't my want God, so good. I'm just going to bomb you. I just from have a fleet of bombers and tiles like... away. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right, anyway. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm going to do some, little, some housekeeping before we get to our news. Uh, as all of our listeners know, they can download our podcast every wednesday at 9 p.m when it goes live on soundcloud stitcher itunes and google play download the google play version it's the better of the three um <laughs> agreed google play all the way you can also and subscribe to it yeah please subscribe to it so you can be the first to hear all of our ramblings about gaming news and reviews and what we're playing and hot topics within the industry as well as some offbeat stuff sometimes just for just for fun um other than that you can email us questions at podcast at the zero review.com if you do we'll show you some some steam game love you know how it is and uh yeah <laughs> definitely check out our uh check out our website and our reviews and news at the zero review.com we're also on all your social stuff your facebook's and twitter's and instagrams and all that good stuff so definitely Tinder. Yelp. Definitely not on Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. Our time. Farmers <laughs> only. What other defunct big, We got a real. We got a really big following. I, Farmers only is really working is for us. MySpace We're getting a lot. Up? Is the MySpace my space? Yeah. Yeah, because we have a we have a band and uh, we're <laughs> constantly updating and up, uh, uploading our music. Yes. But uh, Justin, that uh, <laughs> that little like that you just did this one this one podcast. This one in particular, you sounded very much more like, and welcome to TZR. Excellent. Would you like to subscribe us to blah, blah, blah? And you know how it is with Steam codes. Oh, yeah. So, so am I, am you I were very jazzy. Now? Am I a professional host now? Did I do it? Professional jazzy host. Man. You were like two seconds away from like, make it beautiful with Squarespace. See, the thing is, I'm like <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to balance my audio out with these mics because like my, my waves are all over the place and I want to make sure that it sounds very cool and sexy. So I'm not sure if I should be talking lower or raising my voice or whatever the fucking deal is. But anyway, Just put all, put all the bass in it. All, all the, the bass. bass. Drop the bass. Do it. Guys, let's get to some news. All right. Sounds good. Topic one. Did you guys know that the Xbox One recently got a price cut to two ninety nine? No way! What's it? What's it priced at now? It's Money. priced at two hundred ninety nine U.S. dollars. This is U.S. dollars. I mean, first of all, why are you going to buy an Xbox <laughs> in the first place? Second of all, well, this, this is definitely, definitely because there, you know, there's a bunch of rumors going around about Xbox Scorpio and and all these other Scorpio. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. consider any price cut this close to E3 like a huge red flag. Oh yeah, because guaranteed, if they're going to announce something at E3, we're going to see a launch in like November. So if you're if you're Interest if you're interested in an Xbox, right, and you're of the mindset where you're gonna spend three hundred dollars, just wait until November and spend the four hundred dollars on whatever you know, four times the power, blah 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 that we're gonna see with Scorpio when or it comes out next week. Find a friend who is very clearly gonna upscale to that new model and buy his at a significant discount. Yeah. That's, or hers, whatever. That's literally what Potts is doing with my PS4. So I've heard. I know I'm a sellout where I'm gonna okay. get Potts has an Xbox One too, right? He does have an Xbox One, yeah. Um, well, if I do a quick uh, look here on 
eBay. <clears throat> Craigslist. Craigslist. <laughs> oh, look at that. Xbox One for 120 bucks. What? What? You know that's full of sand. Seriously. Yeah, it's nah, man, it says sand. Lake oh, as man. new condition. 500 gigabytes. No, no, no. With you three don't, games. You don't want that because I saw an article about an electrician who had an Xbox One and he opened up. Uh, found a dead snake inside. Dead snake. <laughs> he was wondering why it wasn't working. Wait. Dead snake. That'll There's do it. some like sub community of, of <laughs> Craigslist people that just try to up the ante. Like, yo, I'm gonna sneak some crazy shit in this next Xbox. Like, uh, okay, selling a broken Xbox is one thing, but selling a broken Xbox with a dead snake inside. Oh no, of no, it? this guy he didn't purchase That's it. This amazing. was his Xbox. He like one day he was just like, why does my Xbox story. work? It's because there's a snake in it. That's bizarre. Wait, one day, as in like the day that he got it, or one day because it was working at one point? Oh no, like he a... he's had it since launch, and then one afternoon he was like, "Huh, won't work." Huh, snake. Oh, well, you know what? It, you know what that means? A, a snake got <laughs> wait, into wait, wait, the wait. Xbox. A snake got into the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. It's Konami's okay. releasing their thunder. new pachinko game. It's an Xbox One exclusive. Hello, oh, oh. Konami sneak or sneaking their stuff into people's systems. That's how they're going to stay relevant, guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, mess, uh, the moral of the story is don't don't buy a console right now. The price cut is clearly uh, just a precursor to move some of those units before they fill the shelves with something expensive and probably requires a new kind of connect that you don't want to buy. Yeah. And a user <laughs> interface <laughs> that you don't like. You Do you think love... they're going to be doing any additional and... updates to the connect or any evolution I don't think, I think to the connect? I, I feel think like someone it, went on record saying Connect's no. Dead. Yeah, I think that's going to be a full-on like dead product very very shortly. Would be especially with that Scorpio thing coming out, right? Yeah, I mean there's also rumors that they're like, trying to partner with Oculus so they can have some sort of VR support that way. So I'd imagine if we're going to see any sort of bundle it's going to be like a Oculus Xbox One bundle for $1000 or some crazy shit. I've completely shit like forgotten that. what Microsoft's VR option even is. It's the ARG glasses, right? What are they called? HoloLens, but that is yeah. like so HoloLens. That's so far into the non-existent And that's future that's that, completely like, independent of Xbox, isn't it? Yeah, whenever we're we not go to see um, any sort of now, connect hollow Whenever we go to conventions or conferences, every single time we talk to one of the Microsoft guys and we're like, so uh, any any news on the HoloLens? Or like, uh, like nothing I can tell what? you about right now. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're like I'm working on Mirror's Edge, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, don't don't. They're listening. Don't 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 bring it up. <laughs> guys, did you know that uh, No Man's Sky got delayed till mm. August? Yeah. No, I had no idea. Oh my god! Actually, can I? All right. What the other fresh thing no hell Sky. is this? <laughs> What's that? No from? Man's Sky. I. I have been actually recently, like my, my phone background, if you have a phone background and it's of a video game, that video game has to be somewhat influential in some way, inspirational if, Dude, if that, preaching, right? Dude, preaching to the choir, all of my monitors right. at work are No Man's Sky paper. My my phone background might be a really sexy picture of D.Va. <laughs> it is a very sexy picture of D.Va. Confirm or deny, Callum. It's, it's extremely like sexy picture. I have... <laughs> I have lost so much respect for you, Justin. Hey, man. I'm just joking. Everyone needs a wife. After, and a girl. after our last writer's meeting, and uh, Potts brought up the whole thing about, like, oh, not going to bring that up. Anyway, so No Man's Sky. <clears throat> Good move. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Justin. No you Man's know Sky. what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> uh, no Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. All right. So <clears throat> I was looking up recent, like, and by recent, I mean just, like, browsing through YouTube, watching all of the gameplay footage on No Man's Sky, and... I love the idea of being able to like scour this infinite universe and playing all these like essentially discovering all these new creatures yada yada but something in my mind is kind of 
like there's like a there's like a fear that the game is going to be really boring and you're just going to be going to these worlds that are like really nicely like randomly generated but like but like you're going to see like a dinosaur that looks just like a dinosaur that you just encountered on another planet but it'll have two horns instead of one you know so what, like well i mean come on like how random so can random delay, really I, be like eventually you're going to run this out of true. combinations but they There's did say so like colors they said the something rainbow. like 99% of planets won't be explored in the game. Yeah, well they That's said they're yeah. Claiming. Like they're saying how, how uh, they're saying how many million years it would take to fully like explore the galaxy they're trying to build. Yeah. It's a ridiculous it, number. But the thing is is like okay, so I so wait, let I've me just watched, finish my my thought yeah, which okay, was ahead, after he- be... after hearing that there was a delay Something inside of me that should have been like no was like all right. I mean, given it was supposed to get it was supposed to come out on my birthday, and it was going to be like a little woo about myself in my room playing video games on my birthday. But <laughs> but with that said, <laughs> that sounded That's really awesome. sad. Obviously, I'm going to go out, guys. Maybe anyway. Um, but I I didn't feel that like that that pull of like oh you know I felt like a oh all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of cool with it being delayed for at least a little while longer, mostly because, like, I've got so many freaking games, dude. I'm, like, still totally in on Odin Sphere. I'm still playing Overwatch literally every day. Frank, we should play Overwatch after this podcast. Um, (laughs) Blood and Wine, people. You want to pick up Witcher 3 one more time, play that Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine, like, I still haven't finished Dark Souls 3, which I'm... I'm, I just just beat it. I'm working on Total War Warhammer. I am very much planning. I have another code for that if you want it. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. But apparently it's pretty... Uh, Tough. CPU intensive. I don't know what oh. kind of thing you need, but I, I can totally intensive. send it to you if you want it. That's why I also have been waiting on XCOM two. Oh, true that. Um, I'm actually planning on live streaming Dark Souls three like all this weekend. So if anybody's listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, I believe Saturday for a couple hours, I'm going to be live streaming Dark Souls. So you can come check it out. <laughs> I totally want to watch you suck at Dark Souls. That's going to be a blast. People <laughs> enjoy it. Like they'll they're like, oh, why don't you go open that chest? Oh no, so I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being completely honest. Oh okay. <laughs> I want to watch you die. Uh, it'll be fun. Just spam chat. Get good. But, uh, Get good. Okay, so so let's let's jump back to No Man's Sky. So here's the thing. I've been watching a lot of interviews and stuff of like because I was on the Colbert Report. Yeah, like I want to oh, yeah. hear what the uh, what the developers are saying about it. Like where they're going to see all this longevity uh, with this title or whatever. And it's so funny because if you just listen to the developers, it sounds like they're not so much selling an interesting game as like these conceptual like mind-blowing yes. statements like you will never be able to see this entire galaxy and it's like to to the layman gamer i feel like you hear that and you're just like whoa that's so much content, content for but, you uh, yeah but really that what reminds- that tells me is like that moment when you're flying up to a planet and the name comes up like in that moment it's just generating something there i like i don't think there's any exactly what reason. i was saying yeah like there, there's like, no exactly like it. I, I just can't imagine like caring about that much stuff. If if exactly like Chai was saying, if all you're doing is kind of interacting with the same things, filling out a fucking encyclopedia, maybe selling some fucking mineral you got on some planet or something, like it I think it has the air of a Minecraft sort of game, not in like the building exploration boss sort of thing, but more in like the open-ended experience that begins and ends when you say so you know what i mean like where's the where's the sort of incentive to keep playing like i'm fine with the idea of picking it up 
putting in the disc and being like, wow, this is awesome. Pick one direction and go in it forever. But then, exactly. like, if you what, collect what you minerals saying... to upgrade stuff, what happens when you finished upgrading everything? Why do you come back? Like, why do you keep playing the game if you've already got, like, Max Backpack and your environment suit is the best it max could be? Backpack. And your gun. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. That's a great term. <laughs> and, like, like we, we should, sell, we should, sell, a, we should yeah. sell a TZR backpack that's called Max, max Backpack. backpack. <laughs> yes, no, like but what you're saying about those grandiose statements on TV and all that, that reminds me of somebody else who's very famous for making grandiose statements Peter and Molyneux? delivering games that did not live up to the hype that, that were generated. That's Peter Molyneux. <laughs> yeah, much. exactly. I met that Peter was like Molyneux the first once. thought that I had. I met him once at E3. Peter Molyneux, if you're listening to this, you're a dick, dude. Like, I whoa, fucking said hi to you. I went up and said hi to Peter Molyneux, and he totally brushed me off like I was some kind of jerk. Granted, at the time, I was some kind of jerk, but I could have been a fan of yours. And you totally <laughs> just... just pish poshed me and i was like you know what fine you know what? that's fair because after fable 2 i was like i'm tired of him being like you're going to love this dog you're going to love searching for treasure you're going to love this kingdom and its people no i don't like this game was garbage it was mean and it was unfair and i wasn't expecting the ending to come as quickly as it did and nothing that came afterwards was good what the hell was that connect game where you threw magic like an asshole oh my gosh i don't know all right it like magically in in No Man's Sky's defense, right? If you're thinking it from like a marketing standpoint, yes, right. Especially when you're going on to all these interviews that are targeted towards not just gamers but also the mass majority of populace, right? You're trying to get that snag, that hook, and that hook is new technology, new technology, new technology, right? And in this case, what they're creating is essentially that idea of well, we're going to create a virtual universe that you will never be able to fully explore in this lifetime. Which is something that everybody has always thought of being like a grandiose, holy shit, the universe is almost infinite, if not infinite. I don't know, philosophy, string theory, I'm not a physicist. But with that idea of having it at your fingertips in a console, that's pretty cool. I can understand why they wanted to go that route. But for the gamers in general, if we're getting bombarded with this idea of, yeah, there's an infinite universe, but what do you do? You know, yeah. it's less cool. I think we'll be pleasantly surprised to see that when the game launches and we have all these weird misconceptions See, about your goals i think what's going to happen is the community is going to find ways unexpected exactly. ways to play the game and it's going to turn was, there's going to be like user-made hubs and like user-made i was about to say if the game is as much of a social yeah a social experiment as it, it wants to be like one of the interviews that he was saying or what he, that he was talking to in said like sometimes he just sits in a ship and watches players fly in and out of space stations and interact with one another yeah. like all why, i can think about is like why there not go potentially... full Eve? Like, why not just, like, build an exactly. army? Exactly, but, yeah, exactly, except for you're not commanding giant fleets of starships. Yeah, you're but, I mean, like, ship. just get, like, cooperate, make your ships as awesome as possible, and just pulverize the universe one section at a time. <laughs> if it's infinite, try and see if you can control as much of the universe as you want. No one said you can't I mean, do that. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, uh, I don't want to say that I'm a dick as far as, like, those pirating, like, not pirating, but, like, those video games or those MMOs that allow, like, pirates that pk other players for their stuff but in a game like this yes i totally want to be a space pirate yes i, I don't care i don't want to find dinosaurs i don't care like, about that if, if you want to be space indiana jones do that if you want that's to that's what i want to do if you want to do firefly you should do that you should definitely I do, want to do all the firefly i'm, I'm just know. curious to what to what extent it'll feel like those sorts of experiences you know what i mean like yeah uh, uh, 
The fact that the developers have been dodging the question of what are you actually going to be doing? Maybe that's the wrong question to be asking, but that seems like a pretty fucking baseline question for a video they game. Always, yeah, they always answer it with like, well, you can go over here and pick plants and you can get natural resources and then you can do stuff. But there's like a there's like a crafting system in here well, I and get, uh, you well, can go to the space stations and meet other players. Like, uh, I get that it's frustrating, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think but like the response end? is, well, what do you want to do? Like, yeah. what do you what do you want to do? Do but it. is what? it being is it being developed as a sandbox or is it more of a as adventure survival game? See, I think that I thought sandbox. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sort of somewhere in the middle because like part of the agency that I had in a game like Minecraft, right? Like Minecraft by definition is not the kind of game that I would be interested in. Like I could give a shit about making stuff. I could yep. give a shit about like creating Pikachu in fucking yellow yarn blocks. Like I yep. don't care. But like. When you get in there and it's like, no, you have to survive through the night and find the best armor so you can continue to, you know, develop your your station. And then you can explore this nether world and, and go and find the strongest potions and items until you finally are strong enough to fight this freaking dragon. Punch and it's like all those sheep. Like, that is Punch awesome. Like, cows. that made me so You need a purpose, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. give me an overall goal. And I know they're like, oh, yeah, get to the center of the universe. And it's like... Okay, but if you're telling me that there's five bajillion, zillion, gillion planets, that's clearly a goal that's never going to be attained. You know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be an end to the game well, if, if they that's say, the case. If like, they say get to the center, isn't everyone going to do that? Isn't everyone just going to start wherever they get dropped and you just would, make a beeline if, if you're for the playing center multiplayer of the universe? Only. If you're playing multiplayer only. I mean, if I play this game, I would only play multiplayer. Yeah, Why no, would there's you no, play yeah, there's no point playing this game. You'd be so lonely playing single player. Seriously. I don't know. When I think of No Man's Sky, and I know we've been talking about this for a little while, and we only have like a few minutes left of this podcast, but let me just say, when I think of No Man's Sky, I think of an MMO, I think of Destiny, I think of what Destiny should have been, or at least what I wanted it to be, but there's no story that's been like titillized, tantalized, tantalized, titillized? It, there's been no like story or like purpose given to you in any of the trailers or gameplay or interviews that make me worried. Yeah. But all I can do is hope. I mean, I, I'm of the mind where I want to see at least at least a little bit of narrative. You know what I mean? Give me something to quest really, lines or like, something, you know? on, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just kind of tired of the whole open world sandbox formula. Dude, by, that is by exactly, itself. like, yes, Frank. Fucking yes. Like, I played Ratchet and Clank recently, and it was awesome. You know why? Because it was an isolated experience. I just, I beat Uncharted, like, last week. And that was great, because it was a, it was a great gaming experience that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And when I reached the end, I was like, yes. Like, I completed wait, this. I wait, feel me, whole now. You, you, gotta, I mean? you, you can't think of it as, like, a fed. You gotta think of it as a completely different genre. It's not necessarily taking away from those games that already exist, say, like, you no. know... Uh, like it's, the Ratchet and Clanks, but it's, it's not taking it away. But it's been like a common trend over the last little while. Like Grand Theft Auto Five, Skyrim, Fallout Four. Oh, first uh, off, the all of the Grand Theft Auto was Grand Theft Auto was like Grand Theft Auto was like the 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 uh, the cornerstone of like the open world. Well, minus like Zelda, obviously. But like when Grand Theft Auto, like the first one top down, came out. That was, like, a yeah. feeling of, like, I can go in any direction right now. I don't have to follow. Like, there's obviously points on this map to go. So then Grand Theft Auto just kind of, like, followed that through. So you can't really say that Grand Theft Auto was, like, the uh, like one of the games that turned into an open world. Because it's always been an no, open No, no, no. I'm not saying that turned into the open world. I'm talking about, like, if you think of the biggest releases that we've gotten the last, like, six years. 
the thing that most of them have had in common, or at least like bigger ones, have been like, "Oh, here's a sandbox. Go nuts. Have fun. Jump into it." Yeah. yeah. When you say sandbox, are we talking open world? Or are we talking like? I I, I think you're talking you about open world. create like, your own goals. You're talking about like the Metal Gear Solid fives, the Fallout fours, yes. the you know. Yeah. Right. They yeah. have like a very substantial and very obvious story. But it it's, takes yeah, place in a as, giant thing. It's like a it's yeah. like a choose your pace kind of game. You know right. what I mean? But yeah. No Man's Sky is very much like a I don't know. You figure it out. I like yeah. immediacy. I like something that's like no. This is what I'm chasing. This is what I'm supposed to be accomplishing. Like I don't know. That I gives mean, me purpose. I it just I, think, I don't know. I think it's important that like I'm sure we're gonna have a podcast like the day after No Man's Sky comes out and be like wow how fucking wrong were we? <laughs> I'm sure there will <laughs> I'm be sure. some good conversations. But I unfortunately, think skepticism is a good thing sometimes you know to, to bring it back to a close unfortunately we're gonna have to wait until august to find uh, out yeah yep. womp womp august so wow guys, so guys, i mean that's okay because we're gonna be doing so much work with the coming like conferences like rtx and e3 and seattle i mean pax, PAX west. west pax yeah. west yeah, it's PAX not pax west prime anymore because that's 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 not that's not nice to the other paxes guys it's not pax prime it's pax west let's be, uh, let's then be after serious. that pax prime is the is the packs <laughs> like that it's is the, the shit dude, guys the holy shit it's so fucking cool like frankly, seattle is such a great city chat when i've been to a lot of conventions and i can honestly say that like w- like while tonally i think e3 is like you know the coolest because it's like the whoa oh my god we're at e3 kind of event i think i can honestly say i did more and had more fun at pax prime because at e3 it's so on task, on task, be on task. You have to be professional. You have to be. It's like everybody very you're much talking to focused. is someone you need to make an impression on or whatever. It's but the like Catalina well, wine mixer, radio game. Convention, <laughs> That's right? exactly. Pretty what much, it is. pretty much. It's conference versus convention. Yes. Yeah. Um. So that's that. So guys, I want to talk about GOG because some pretty some pretty epic epic news dropped about GOG today and their new platform <laughs> called GOG Connect. Which, uh, just to get everybody up to speed real quick, and Frank, I want you to take the reins on this one because you are you know know more about it than me. But essentially, <laughs> what I got from it is uh, GOG. So, so GOG is a DRM-free open platform for PC games. It's essentially comp- uh, competing with something like Steam, but since Steam is all like I don't know what the word is, but like proprietary, like you can only play Steam games through Steam. Uh, GOG lets you download games and you completely own them. You, d- you don't own a license to a game, you own the game, right? Um, but GOG hasn't been able to keep up with Steam like on a one-to-one competitor level because Steam just Whoa. dominates the PC industry. That's just like, that's just what it oh. is. It's like the number one marketplace for Yeah, for you PC think of games. PC, you think of Steam. Exactly. Yeah. So GOG, like six months ago, probably a little bit more, uh, released GOG Galaxy, which is like their platform that is essentially mimicking Steam, right? Uh, it's essentially doing the same thing. And now um, they released this program called GOG Connect, which is essentially directly competing with steam like trying to steal steam clients away from them by saying hey if you link your steam account to gog connect will essentially and frank you fill in the dots for me here but they will essentially give you free copies gog copies of games that like work with them so you can essentially import your steam library into gog and live on that platform instead that's limited it's a little more limited like gog has partnered up with several publishers and they said basically yeah connect your steam account with us and for a limited time while the windows open 
open will give you GOG copies of certain games on your library. Can you give us some examples? Because you did this earlier today. Yeah, so the list that they have out today, um, they have FTL Advanced Edition, Mountain Blade, the original one, Braid, uh, Shadowrun Returns, Unreal Gold, Unreal Tournament, Xenonauts, Galactic Civilizations 3, Two Worlds, um, The Witness, To the Moon, the first Witcher game. It's basically a pilot to try and get people... First Witcher game. The first Witcher game. But, uh, well, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. First Witcher game is awesome. True. First of all, true. Uh, first Witcher um, game is fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, it's more of a pipeline to, to, as far as I see, it, to drive people to try out the platform. Like, hey, like we all know you're playing games on PC. We know you, you. Give us a chance. Like, we'll give you free copies of your games plus all the goodies because GOG is known for like throwing in a bunch of goodies with their stuff like uh more often than not you'll get stuff like wallpapers avatars manuals and in some cases like i remember when they were still selling fallout before bethesda pulled it you got stuff like the fallout bible you got like a whole bu- like uh some logs or whatever for the game and it's just like as an incentive to pick it up on on there uh so yeah it's basically trying to push their brand out and market to may not be aware of GOG because GOG started as a niche product. It's good old games. It's the idea of these are old games that won't run on modern systems. We'll take them, relicense them, repackage them so they work on Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10, sell it back to you for a really cheap price. Yeah. Interesting. It's very interesting to me because they're they're really, you know, this is an aggressive strategy specifically designed to steal Steam, you know, Steam users. Um, and the appeal to but will it will it fully? I mean, why won't people just have both? Uh, some people are specific. extremely opinionated about what is the difference between like DRM free and what's the difference between owning a license. And some people feel personally like it's a very polarizing thing to feel like you own something you've paid for. Okay, but feelings aside, let's talk about practical use, right? So me and uh, me and Frank kind of went into this earlier. Uh, a little bit, like Frank. Well, I won't speak for Frank, but for me, it's kind of like. So I've used GOG in the pl- uh, in the past. I have uh, some games on that client um, because it is good. You know, they run good sales sometimes. But for me, I there's two main things that keep me to Steam. Right, one when I'm trying to find a game, I usually audit a couple of different platforms like Steam and Greenman Gaming and GOG just to see where I can get the cheapest price. And wherever it's cheapest, that's where I'll typically buy. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's on. Uh, Steam, but I'll still check out GOG. They also run some pretty interesting promotions, which I like. Uh, so there's that. Um, but then also, um, for part of my desire to stay on Steam, aside from the fact that it's like totally ubiquitous and I already own 200 plus games on Steam, um, it's sort of a community thing, right? Like uh, the way that I was describing it to Frank earlier, uh, earlier is that like I was sort of born and bred on this console like. Um, like the console mind frame where it's like all of my friends are on the same console. I can see what people are playing. It's very easy for me to jump in and out of games and just sort of be aware of what my other friends are playing at any given time. The PC space, I think, differs from that because everything's sort of really segmented. Like if you're playing an individual game, you can keep track of your friends and see what they're doing within that individual game. But, you know, most of the time it's very hard to keep track of who's doing what because... You know, everything's these little isolated, like, microcosms, right? 
Um, yep. But Steam does a, at least a decent job of bridging that gap, of sort of saying, hey, if you come and you play your games on here, you know, you can sort of see... Even when you go on, list. yeah, you yeah. go on the boot screen and you can see what games your friends have and what people are playing and who's spending time with what and all this sort of stuff. And I feel like that adds a bit of a bit more like legitimacy for me at least. Like it makes me feel better about having that platform that. because yeah. it creates yeah. that community. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. GOG, I- and Steam's revolutionary in that way because Steam was, as far as I know, really the first one to do it. I mean, you had friends lists on stuff like MSN Gaming Zone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that was <laughs> never to the <laughs> hey, like I grew up on Age of Empires too, <laughs> man. So I remember MSN Gaming okay. Zone. I remember having MSN Messenger open up in the background so I could talk to people while I'm playing games. I like, I remember Jesus. that too. Yeah. I just didn't, yes. I didn't count that as like a, a, a milestone in my life though. <laughs> oh no, I don't count that as. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, Steam is pretty big in that sense yeah. like all in one spot and that's huge i mean i didn't get into pc gaming actually justin you and i see eye to eye on this pretty pretty uh on t right now because of the fact that like i didn't get onto pc gaming because i was like oh i'd buy a pc game and i'd play it but it's like it's so siloed you know versus like when you're on say like you know or yes playstation and xbox at that moment where you're like oh well i can see my friends now i have a username and now it's very much more community focused and i can see like I don't have to like call up my friend and be like, "Hey, you want to play a game?" Instead, I'll just see if he's on and then we'll play together, you know? When Steam came out at that moment when I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is cool." At that point, I started seeing the actual like practicality, I guess, or functionality of playing online PC games with people that I knew. And then suddenly I was just like, "This is I guess at that point I was kind of adopting PC as like my main station of uh, of gaming." But anyway, I agree with you, Skibro. Yeah. So, so Frank, give us your perspective on this whole thing. Like, what makes something like GOG Connect and, and importing all of your stuff over more appealing? Well, just basically anything that gives GOG more traffic is good in my books. And that's not sponsored, though, CD Projekt, if you're listening, you can send your checks to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> our podcast. Um, Sponsor! <laughs> no, but, like... I, the, what attracted me to GOG in the first place, aside from the fact that it's DRM-free, which I'm pretty big on, like, DRM has a nasty reputation, especially lately, and as much as I understand why publishers, rightfully so, would not want their software pirate, pirated, for the longest time, it's been more of a hindrance to the paying customer rather than the pirate, because the pirate just bypasses DRM. Meanwhile, the customer has to deal with all the hassles, the bullshit that comes along with DRM. So here you have GOG that says, well, we have games. We'll, we'll trust you not to, you know, pirate them and, like, uh, share the licenses around. Um, but we're going to treat you like customers. And instead of, like, automatically assuming that you're going to be guilty. Yeah. Which, huh. which is something that no one else has really done. But on top of that, GOG is a company that really, really puts customer satisfaction way higher than I think someone like Valve does. One, they've had the refund policy for a lot longer than Steam has, and two, uh, what I was telling Justin earlier today, uh, take the example of Vampire the Masquerade. Now, I love this game, and I've had it on Steam forever, but it recently came out on GOG, and one thing I noticed on the GOG version, one thing you have to know about this game, it was when it was released, it was unfinished, and it was a buggy mess, and to this day, it is being upheld by fan patches, like unofficial patches that are continuously being updated. I think the last update was maybe four months ago, five months ago, for a game that came out in like 2001. 
GOG actually took the unofficial patch and integrated it into their launcher if you buy the game through them because they know that's going to be the first thing 99% of people who play the game will download first. Just little things like that for convenience. Uh, making sure that games run on modern systems, making sure that compatibility isn't a problem. Uh, they're selling points that I think are just really building up customer goodwill. Something that Steam does not quite do, because they've opened up their floodgates to stuff like Greenlight and Early Access that, while you get some good stuff out of there, you get a lot of crap. Yeah. <laughs> And they have no curation to speak of, whereas GOG is the opposite. Now, the one thing Steam has an advantage of is that Steam gets all the AAA games and GOG doesn't. But if GOG can take enough of a market share and get people interested... I mean, like, they've be, recently... Sorry, isn't, go on. isn't that enough to say swapping over from one to the next just for the sake of that, like, that one point you made? I, isn't, that, isn't that enough to just kind of, like, poo-poo GOG aside? What do you mean? I mean, the variety and the, the availability of games. Well, it depends what you're looking for. Like, for me, I, I like new games, but I'll be honest, a lot of the stuff I play are older titles that either I've missed or that I want to replay. It depends on the kind of gamer you are, I think. Okay, yeah, I, I think, can see that. I think it definitely plays a big role in it. I mean, for for someone like me, like, uh, Pots would call me, like, cult of the new, if we're talking about board game geek terminology. But, like, I, I am most while i have a very deep and sincere love for retro games and the games that i've played and the you know the legacy that has created my tastes in games i am way 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 more concerned and interested in playing the stuff that's new and hot and what people are talking about because i like being part of that conversation i really really like you know knowing like having my my finger on the pulse of what's interesting in games and what people are talking about so i i guess the like part of the appeal to this sort of program is lost on me because i'm i just kind of person that you are yeah it's just like retro just has less of a an interest in me or for me i guess i don't know that's not to discount it you know I, i think there definitely is a huge community of people just like uh you frank that you know that are interested in that and sort of have the games that they love and they stick to them you know but then you're the kind of person that GOG is trying to attract because over the last year or so, they've really expanded their library and now they're releasing a lot of new indie games on top of it. On top of that, like uh, the biggest launching title for GOG was Witcher 3 because its parent company is Project, right? Yeah. So they're trying to get as many... Like if you bought a box copy of Witcher 3 on PC, it got you the GOG download. That's cool. But they've been trying to expand that library just specifically to get people who are always on Steam, who only use Steam, to give them a shake, mm-hmm. which, you know, is actually, is good. Competition is great because if enough people move over to GOG, then Steam can honestly take a look at itself, I hope, yeah, and no, clean we, up its act a little bit. I would totally agree with that. I mean, I can't see myself leaving Steam anytime soon, but I think... Oh, no, me neither. But I think uh, having that type of competition, like you said, is very, very beneficial for the entire industry. Because you're absolutely right. Frankly, there's a lot of things that uh, Valve and Steam do that aren't really, you know, cool. And, you know, isn't really customer-minded. So, you know, having something like this to put a fire under them, I I think is also good. You know, that's sort of like an ancillary... Pushes the industry forward, you know? And on top of that, it doesn't hurt Steam either, because it's not like you're losing the game on Steam. It just looks at your library and says, oh, we'll give you a copy of a game you've already purchased. True that. So Steam's not losing anything out of this either. 
Yeah. No, really. you're, you're totally right. I don't know. I think it's an overall good thing. Like I said, anything that can bring awareness to competition is always good. You know, it forces, especially, it forces the other competition to kind of like up its game. And you're totally right on that uh, that that front. But uh, I'm still like apprehensive to move over to GOG solely for the the practicality standpoint. Like, I I move I'm on Steam for very particular reasons, and I mean, if I find a competitor that's doing the same thing, but like slightly less good in this case being the variety of games it's probably not enough for me to move you know yeah i mean but i'm sure soon eventually it will probably be one and one if not you know more so in gog's standpoint maybe so we'll see i'd say if anything just the fact that you can do this and it's free and it's basically just giving you more copies of the games that you have like i might just do it for the sake of having that sort of like dual real estate the um the ownership yeah but as far <laughs> as like to be able to say you yeah. Yeah, but it, you know, maybe uh like I can't see myself transitioning that drastically. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we're I heard that. We are just about running out of time, but I've got a, a couple of, you know, very soft news topics. I call them PSAs, just like little things to let people be aware of stuff that's uh stuff that's going on uh that, that I want to get through. So the first thing is uh for those of us, myself and probably I don't know who else who listens to this podcast, but uh, if you're still Mom. playing, if you're still playing Street Fighter Five, uh, they announced a new character, uh, Ibuki, and she should be on her way sometime in June. So her trailer looks super awesome. She does this crazy ninjutsu shit at the end. It looks awesome. Um, <laughs> so you could totally be stoked about that. Um, and then in other PSA news, if you own Fallout 4 on Xbox One, they released all of the, uh, mods. yeah, the PC mods for mods, it. Mods, 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 So you can do all kinds of cool stuff to Fallout 4 now. Make it look even better, change out menus like or something. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, all your death claws. Death claws. <laughs> or build your own vault. Or, um... All the female characters have much larger chests. Yeah, these are all yeah. things that you can do. The power of modding. Oh, or the, uh, I like the modern modern weapons mod. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's a mod that adds, like, modern assault rifles and handguns into the game. Oh, that's cool. I think it is cool, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. So if you play Fallout 4, you've got more to look forward to. I've also heard that Far Actually, Harbor's Skyrim working. turns Skyrim off your achievements, recently though. had a... No achievements uh, if you play modded. Oh no! Achievements oh. you play modded. That's a that's an oh. even better PSA. Um, yeah. Were you talking about Skyrim, dude? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I saw this on Reddit. I'm sorry. It's not showing. I swear to God. <laughs> Back up for a second. I saw it on Reddit. Skyrim did, a, or rather, there's a new Skyrim mod that literally makes the game look almost real, like pseudo realistic, like the graphics. Uh, not the the what's it called? Fucking the texture mapping or whatever they did. Somebody did this. I don't know, but the mod is just like. So good. Oh, I don't know. definitely anyway. do yourself a favor and check out the Overgrown mod for Fallout 4. I like that a lot. Does it Last of Us the game? No, well, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Last, of Us. Last of Us is the whole thing. Yeah, okay. where it just it makes more sense that in given the events of the previous games, it would make sense that the area you're playing in uh, would be more uh, retaken by nature. That's cool. <laughs> retaken by nature. <laughs> yes. All right. 
So that's what's going on with that. Um, also, as we were saying before, Witcher 3 uh, Blood and Wine came out. So if you played Witcher 3 back in the day, and for whatever reason you ran out of things to do... And no you... one no one did that. Yeah, and if No you... one has actually <laughs> finished Witcher 3. <laughs> Alex, Alex beat it. I don't think he... No, no, no I, I'm sure Alex it. beat it. I'm pretty sure Alex hasn't finished it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Blood and Wine's out. Apparently, aside from adding a fuck ton of new content, it also changes up the UI in a crazy way. It fixes everything. It's yeah. a brand new game. It apparently changes the entire like inventory system, which apparently is a nightmare on console. It's like way, way better now. Uh, so that's that's cool for all you Witcher three players. Um, and the last little bit of news I got is if anybody is a Final Fantasy fan. And I love Final Fantasy. Fuck that game. The most most recent trailers and information that got released about Final Fantasy XV is amazing. Flying car. There is a flying car in that game. (laughs) And you can crash it. (laughs) Like, it's, it's nuts. Like... Uh, that game sort of, like, lo- like my interest has been, like, waxing and waning with this uh, pretty seriously, but uh, there was a Chocobo trailer that came out, and just watching this trailer, uh, you, you just sit back for a second, and you're like, man, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Like, it just looks so nice. Um, so I'm really, really excited to play that game. Also, I'm pretty sure Square put themselves in a make-or-break situation. Like, if that game does not sell well, they're pretty much fucked. Final Fantasy is done. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, over. It's like that. It, it's basically like they'll be okay if that game sells well, or they'll be in, like, serious danger mode until of- FF7 comes out. <laughs> Come on. We know, we know that bad games with lots of marketing still do well. That's- so this game has gotten stupid amounts of marketing. Yeah. It'll this- sell. This is also the company that said 4 million units of Raider was underperforming. So, yeah. All right. They're very Touché. aspirational. Well played. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. But I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the TZR Podcast. Guys, we're on episode 30. We've been, we did this 30 times. 30. Oh, my gosh. And we're 30. so consistent. 30 times. If the podcast was a person, he would be old. He would be like two years older don't, than me. Uh, oh, dude, that's practically talk. dead. I, that's, that's practically, practically dead, dead, guys. Oh, jeez. 30 uh, is the new Hey, day. wait. Skirbo, how's it feel to be 28, by the way? Is it weird? Because 20 days from now, I'm going to be 28. Feel, that's going to be scary. You feel like an adult. You're like, fuck, man. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> what am I doing I, with my life? I could have been president, <laughs> and instead I'm hosting video game podcasts. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Who hurt you? What are you Who doing? You? you have to be 40 Your mom to is be so president. disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, true. But all I want right, to thank all you guys. guys. I want to thank all you yeah. guys for joining us this week. I want to thank our listeners for checking us out. And be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or check us out on SoundCloud where we post every Wednesday at 9 something p.m. It'll go up right <laughs> after uh, we finish recording. Also, be sure to check out our website for the latest news and reviews on great games. Uh, and be sure to like and follow and do all that stuff to our social media. Actually, if you guys want something. To celebrate, literally while we were on this podcast, I got a notice that we just got our 300th uh, Twitter follower on the TZR uh, Twitter. Hey! 300 people are listening to our random rants on Twitter. Take oh that gosh. to the bank. It's excellent. <laughs> I love everything. All right. Thank you guys very much for joining us, and we'll see you on the next one. Hootie hoo! <laughs> <laughs>